Welcome back, lady listeners. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're here for the second installment of Breaking the Beat with Kateri. Um, I have all of her good stuff to talk about in a little bit. I don't want to go too far into it before I get confused about what I wanted to talk about. There was, there's a lady on Instagram who reviewed our books recently that I absolutely fell in love with. And I wanted to share um, her page on Instagram. It's called Velvet Books, which, I mean, great name, by the way. But um, it's like uh, her at is Velvet Books, one word, underscore AR. And I was like, maybe she's appealing to us. I don't know. But um, she did this thing. I don't know if you can see it, but you see how she did the face. Uh-huh. over the taking what's mine yes. she's like talking and doing the review it's so good when she's like sir sir look at me <laughs> she's doing like she's talking to the hero. i know those because they do oh those my on God. tiktok a lot with like she russia and america fucking killed me she killed me she was like you see that grip he has on her neck that's what got me <laughs> so funny but what made me follow her was this review right here? Uh oh, that, that she did book. of Lauren Donner, Rouse Woman. I was like, this is one of my favorite books ever. <laughs> I was like, she said, did we just become best friends? I said, yep. <laughs> she said, karate <laughs> kicks in the garage. Let's do it. <laughs> but she is awesome. She, but that's how she does all her book reviews. She takes the cover of the book. And then she like does the filter where it's just the mouth and the mm-hmm. eyeballs and she talks and she talks about the book and like what's happening on the cover. And it's ridiculous. It's so funny. But she said she did a Jenica Snow, the new one that she had out. Oh my God, that, that cover. Take my daddy. I'll take yours. Yes. I was like, I know Jenica did not with that fucking cover. Mm. That was it's so a good dirty. cover, man. I so seen him good. and I was like. Damn, he is fine as fucking older. (laughs) He's like all gray hair, gray chest, but he's like cut, but he's thick. He's very much falls in the bracket of you could probably fuck the son or fuck the dad either way. Yes, yes. But he's the dad. And he's like, he looks like he's kind of got that old man strength. (laughs) The one that like surprises you how strong they are. He's like that. God, he's hot. Though. I seen the cover. I remember it. It's like in my head. I'm like, I know it's like burning about. my brain. But yeah, she she fucking killed me on that one. So it, it was great. Like, I, if you can follow her, she's she's a hoot. And I loved all of the stuff that um that like she's shown so far. Like all the book reviews she'd done so far. I was like, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're in sync. I got you, girl. We're locked in, as the kids say. Kevin and I did a thing on Friday night. I really wanted to go see the new movie. It's called Cocaine Bear. Have you seen the previews for that? I don't think so. So um, it's Ray Liotta. It's his last movie that he did. And it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. And do you know who Elizabeth Banks is? You probably know her. She was in their Hunger Games. She played Effie, like the one that's dressed all crazy. She was also in a couple of movies like Seth you Rogen. have seen the Hunger Games. Well, I think you might have seen clips when she's like, "May the odds be ever in your favor," but and now she's that got you like said crazy the purple hair. Bear, 
Now I feel like the more you say it, I'm like, wait, I think I have heard of this. Okay, so I've I've. I've listened to a podcast that's talked about it. My favorite murder did an episode. Yes, on it. it's I like know. A, okay. It's kind of funny about it. So yes. it's it's loosely based on a this the movie was based on what was a true story, but they took the true story and then they fucking ran with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I have been wanting to see this movie since the day I saw the trailer because I think this story is fucking hilarious. In the 1970s, um, late 70s, there was a like a prop plane that was going over a head and it was full of drugs of cocaine. And the guy that was in it was throwing the bags out in a national park and he was going to come pick them up. Something happened. I don't know if he fell out. He jumped, whatever happened, the guy died. And so what happened was the authorities found a huge bag of cocaine and they found a bear that had gotten into it, opened it up, inhaled the cocaine and then died. So it was like the bear inhaled it. That's where the story stops. That's the end of it. So I like found this story fucking hilarious because when they talked about it on the podcast, they were kind of giggly and laughing and somebody took the podcast clip of my favorite murder discussing it and they put it to one of my favorite comedians, Patton Oswalt, who was married, who used to be married to um, the lady that caught, um, it was the Green River Killer. What did they name him? The Golden State, the Golden Gate Killer, whatever. She was Mm -hmm. the one that helped, uh, Michelle McNamara. He used to be married to her. Anyways, he's one of my favorite comedians, Patton. And um, he did a comedy bit where he talked about being on cocaine. So it was, I know this is so long-winded, but it it was just hilarious. And it had all these things, elements that I loved in it. And I've been waiting for it to come out and it premiered on Thursday. So Friday night, Kevin and I got tickets to the theater that's like half a mile from our house. Mm-hmm. And we waited till we put the kids to bed at like 930. And we left the house and we went and saw the movie like while they were asleep in bed. And I was like, it's late. We have the cameras on. It's fine. And so um, we like, we ate an edible and then we went and watched it. And it was it amazing. 10 out of 10. Cannot wait to see it again. It is so fucking, it's campy. It's ridiculous. But the CGI is so fucking good. And it's like one of those things like in a horror movie, you know, like when the killer like, stabs and the knife and then you like cut away and it's another scene this is like the part where they stab in the knife and they keep going and it just oh films the whole thing it is so gory and graphic but it's funny as fuck when it happens too and it's kind of like everybody just agreed that this is going to be campy it's going to be over the top ridiculous and they're all like just going to fucking go for it what was that one horror movie that was a comedy i had you watch what was that called I don't remember. Where they like all go to camp and they keep reliving it. Yes. 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 Okay. What was that called? It's not where what they was die. That what was it? Is it where they all die? Like, like they're all, they all think they're dead or something. They Shit, get, it like, was like the cheerleader stuck. or something. Yeah. Well, oh, people are probably screaming at us. Oh my God. I know you told me about it and then we went and watched it and it was amazing. God. I can't remember now. You can look it up, but I'll talk okay. about cocaine bear. But so the cocaine bear, what they did was, is they started the movie with the same premise that they dropped the cocaine, a bear got in it. But instead of the bear dying, she gets hopped up on coke and she just becomes like this insatiable, bloodthirsty killer. And so it shows like these people hiking in the woods and stuff. And they were like, 
oh, look, it's a bear. Look how beautiful. And the bear like turns on them and just like rips her face off. And it's like, it's so gory. And then there's these two kids who cut school and they go to the woods. They're two little kids. They're like 13 and they're in the woods and they find the cocaine. And at one point, I don't, I'm not going to spoil anymore, but it's just, it's so fucking funny that I can't wait to see it again. Like I want to watch it again immediately. If it was streaming right now, I would watch it tonight. But was it the like, final girls? Oh, I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was called the final girls. That's the one that you had me say. I'm gonna look it up. Yes, see if that the was final right. girls. Okay. That one I had never heard of it before. And I don't know how we got to talking about, it, but you were telling me about it. Because and I don't watch a lot of movies, but I do watch yes. um I watch horror. No, I watch scary movies. I don't yeah. watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't watch slasher. Like, Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. Anything that I think could actually happen, mm-hmm. I don't watch. I only watch Paranormal Scary. So this was, like, it's kind of the same thing where it's, like, that movie was, like, Final Girls is, again, it's campy. It's dark, but it's funny. It's got, um, I don't know how to say her name, Melinda Ackerman that's in it. She's hilarious. She was the one that was in um the... Oh my God. What was the one with Ben Stiller where he was in, uh, it's like the something, the comeback kid. Oh yeah. The heartbreak kid. Sorry. The heartbreak kid. She was in that with him. So, um, there's just, there's a lot of great actors in that. So definitely check it out if you want something that's similar to that. But I want to say, like, like I said, we went and saw it. Um, that was Friday night. And I think as of Friday night, it had already beaten out Ant-Man and the Wasp. It had made, yeah. like, Cocaine Bear had already made, like, $100 million or something like that. Like, after one night. I was like, holy shit. But, again, it was Ray Liotta's last movie. But, yeah, it was just, it's so funny. I wanted to see what it was. I mean, it's 75% on Rotten Tomatoes for audience score and 70% from critics. I think that's pretty damn good. For a, I'm gonna wa- I want to watch it. I'll watch it when it comes over to TV. Yeah, but you like know said, that's a real thing. Like, guys, if you're ever, it's more in the water generally mm-hmm. so if you're ever out in the ocean or something and you see a big buoy and you're like what's that get the fuck away from it wow, get what as are you far about? and as quick as because it is cocaine oh and somebody's <laughs> coming for it somebody's gonna get it and you're dead you get the <laughs> fuck out of there it's been dropped from a helicopter it's been dropped mm-hmm. from something it's like falling off a boat you, you don't yeah you, you gotta go because they're coming back for mm-hmm. it they're gonna find and you better you not be there coming. yep <laughs> That's what this was. And it was great. Like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. So this is going to be the ending. If you don't want to know anything about Cocaine Bear, don't listen. But, um, again, it, you know, like I said, it was Ray Liotta's last movie. And at the end of it, he dies. But he goes out in a really cool way. He gets disemboweled by the bears. And they're like attacking him and they're all the it's the mama and the cubs and they're all high on cocaine and then he dies and gets thrown off a cliff and i was like you know what though like what a cool ass way to go like for your final scene ever in a movie you get attacked by wild bears high on cocaine (laughs) it was it was kind of pretty badass yeah and like i said elizabeth banks directed it and um the reason i love her so much is she's 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 fantastic yeah she's just really cool but i love that she wrote this um or she did this movie because she said she really wanted to prove that a woman could direct action movies 
And she said so many people were telling her no, that she couldn't do this. They wouldn't sign on to do it if she was doing it. You know, so like, I thought it was kind of cool that like, she really pushed for it, you know, that she yeah. really did it. And it was a fucking awesome movie. So I, I just love women that, that make action movies. I thought that was really cool. So we loved it. It was, it was a hell of a good time. And, you know, it was, it was a fun kind of late date night sort of thing. Um, we actually celebrated, well, we didn't really celebrate, but on Sunday, it was our 16 year wedding anniversary or like an anniversary from when we met. Mm-hmm. It was 16 years ago on Sunday, which like somehow feels in- crazy to say that it's been that long, you know, that it, I've known him for that long. But um, I, know I told Rob that I said it soon. It's going to be, I've lived as long. I've lived longer with you than without, without you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. You which guys were young so when you met weird. too, right? Yeah, well, I met him when I was, like, 17, and then we started, we met again. Mm-hmm. We didn't see each other for, like, three or four years when I was just turned 21. Like, yeah. I was barely in the door of 21. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And the reason we didn't date was because he just turned 21. And I was like, I'm not dating somebody that goes to the bars. And, like, the second I turned 21, he's like, snatch. <laughs> I love it. But the, ironically, he never even went to the bars. I just assumed that. Yeah, because he was a young guy, of course. You know, like, Kevin was saying something about, you know, to the girls or whatever. He was like, you know, 16 years ago tonight, I took your mom out for a drink. And then she just kept hanging around, (laughs) you know. I was like, yeah, it was me. That's dog, sure. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, it's cute because I just never thought, like... I don't know. You know, when you meet somebody, you don't think about stuff like that. Like, oh, we're going to build a whole ass life together. And then we're going to yeah. have a couple of kids and we're going to tell them about this shit one day. You never think about it. And then you blink it and it actually happens. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> God. Yeah. Right. God. But, you know, I say all the time, like, there's no way I'd do this shit again. <laughs> you know? Like, like absolutely. Like, we're not doing a round two on this. Like, I've put in my time. I've like, I've, I've done, you know, what I was assigned to do. <laughs> We're not doing this again. I can't imagine like having to date right now. I could not imagine. I don't think I would. I no. don't know. I, I would don't just, know. I'd want to find a non-sexual female companion for the rest of my life. And like, let's share a co-op. Let's, yeah. let's build a house, live on a farm and just raise some kids in a non-sexual relationship. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. I'm going to need somebody to do that for me. Thanks. <laughs> Start taking that, That's one of the main reasons I've always feel like I wouldn't be good alone. Like, I I feel like I'm great alone. Like, I, I can be in my room all day and not notice that I haven't talked. But I mm-hmm. also have to have somebody that checks in on me. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, what are you doing? Have you left the house? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, Val, mm-hmm. I – I feel like without a partner or somebody mm-hmm. checking in, I could just get like lost. Like I said, back. we need a non-sexual companion to check <laughs> in on us every now and then. Make sure, make sure I'm doing okay. I'm getting my words in. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of words, what does Alexa Riley have out right now? 
what day is this? What's what's today? I don't, I don't even look at the calendar. We have that the second twin book. I think we're just waiting for edits to come back. Yes. So that should be coming back. Um, if you haven't yet, check out um, Perfect Match, I think is the first book in the Double Trouble duet. It is about twins that fall in love with twins. It's adorable. Make sure you check that out. And then um, also we have a new book that's in paperback on our website right now. You can go grab it. It's called Captured Love, and it's got five of our favorite kidnapping books in it. It's a big book. It is a thick, sturdy one. And I know we talked about it last week, and I showed it on the YouTube video or whatever, but it's beautiful. The cover is. You can go check it out on Instagram or Facebook. Should we talk about the Patreon? Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. Yeah. Let's definitely discuss that. (laughs) Tell them what you did the other day in a fever dream down your rabbit hole at four oh in the morning. Oh, my God. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I go down these holes and there's like no going back. When I see I your emails at 4 a.m., I know you've gotten into something. I'm you, like, like you're, you're like Oopsie way daisies. down deep. Yep. So people had been con- asking and requesting for some of the old audiobooks because I guess you can only hold so many episodes on um, – a podcast. Yeah, on podcast streaming services, you can only go up to 300 episodes. So and we're way past that. We've had like 30 audiobooks that have dropped off. Mm-hmm. So I found a way to load them onto Patreon. And Patreon, before I'd always been trying to find a way for you guys to be able to listen to it easily mm-hmm. and like the apps and stuff. And nobody had a good app to do it. Mm-hmm. But you just download the Patreon app, which probably most people have because I was already following a few people and that's how I realized it. I was going through my Patreon people and I seen an audio section and I clicked it and I was like, okay. So I was like, I can just, it's just the audio books though, but on there. So I started loading. I did think I did like the first 10 audio books. I think from the there. first season. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like the book. It's not us talking before or after. It's the book from start to finish. The it's whole just thing the audio book. And yeah. one click. But mm-hmm. on there, there's also, I'm throwing in extra ebooks that you can download for free and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll put the Patreon link in here. And it's a way to support the podcast too. Absolutely. So if you want to go back, if you're one of the ones that wants to listen from the beginning, you know, like Mel said, the discussion's not there, but the audiobooks are. So if you want to go back and start from the beginning, or, you know, we had somebody that messaged the other day that said, Alessandra Torre, you know, said like, oh, go listen to my book on the podcast for free, but it's fallen off. So slowly we're adding those books back to. That might be one of the ones I added. I think that was from season one. Yeah. So, so all of season one is on there. Sky Warren, mm-hmm. Alexander Torres, yeah, ours, yeah. just there's a Everybody. 10 on there. There's 10 solid long audio books on there yeah. right now. And you can go on there and for completely for free and you can see our book closer. And you can click on it and download it. And I think for the Patreon, I don't know what it is to like subscribe to it to get all of them. I did, but. I did different levels for different things. You can okay, read the captions okay. on them, what they're for. Some of them are just to support and help out. Yeah. So, but yes, Closer is completely free. I pinned it, I pinned it at the top. That way I wanted you guys to be able to see how easy it is. Yeah, how it works to too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how functionally and easy the app is to use. So, yeah. so and we're going back to, um, we're going through the podcast, um, the, all the episodes that are up on listening apps. 
And there was a couple of seasons in the beginning, um, like during COVID and stuff, where we replayed some older episodes. There's a couple that are like only partial, like audiobooks or like samples. So we're going to go through and take those out, like the, the ones that, you know, didn't really get listened to that much, ones that were just sort of like to tide us over until we could get, you know, um, audiobooks made, like more of them. Yeah, so we're going to try to be a little bit more organized about like the older seasons and getting you a way to listen to them. And like Mel said, it's a way to support the podcast. Um, the same thing with our book boxes that we do every year. They're the ones that are coming up soon. Um, 100% of the book box, 100% of the Patreon goes back into the podcast and creating more audiobooks. So every time you make a purchase, if you purchase merch from our store, if you support on the Patreon, if you buy the book box, if you buy prints from us, like anything and that you do, it everything goes, goes into like our PayPal account and then we mm-hmm. pay out all the audios from the yep. PayPal account. Okay. It is literally 100%, probably 120% because we keep putting more into it. So yeah. So, just- yeah. All so the it just money continues goes into that me. account and recreates audiobooks. Yep. So what goes in comes out comes right back out in audio. And you know, that's one thing that I think we've been really proud of with the podcast is how many new authors that we've been able to just shine light on and, you know, help people listen to them and discover their books. And I'm one of those people too. I had discovered so many awesome authors off of read me romance, you know, and I have friends like, um, one of our, um, our podcast admins, Carla, um, she had told me forever about like, Oh, you need to read Angela M. Lopez or you need to read Ophelia Martinez. And I know she had told me, and then she was like, have them on the podcast. And then we got them on the podcast and I was immediate fans of their books. And I started reading everything they had. And I was like, this is why we have this podcast (laughs) for people like me. So, yeah, so it, it's awesome. And I love what we're doing. And we just want to continue to do it forever. And this is a way for us to continue to do it. So we're just trying to think of, of fun ways to for you guys to help support while we can get you all these damn audiobooks. I that- love our I love our admins. I was actually just looking in the group because sometimes yeah. they'll say they'll show us something they're like, what do you think of this? And I'm more like, well, what do you think of this? <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I'll see a post that needs to be approved. And I'm like, if I just wait, they'll do it, right? I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm like, like, should we ask the admins what they think? Because I don't know. (laughs) I just work here, guys. I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't even get paid for this. (laughs) I just show up. (laughs) I can't tell people what to do. (laughs) Oh, God. I know. All right. Well, let's talk about Katarina and all her good stuff. I mentioned it on Tuesday's episode, but we're going to go back through all her good stuff right now. Breaking the Beat, if you like what you're listening to, it is a spinoff of the Penalty series. And the heroines from book one and two are mentioned in this. And if you love this and you want more, make sure, make sure, make sure that you go get the ebook or the print. Either one is got a 5,000 word epilogue that's super spicy in the back. So you're going to get even more content. So almost double what you're getting now. Um, and make sure you enter this week's giveaway. She's doing a $25 Amazon gift card and follow her in her reader group, Kata's Readers. And that's going to be um, linked down in the show notes. She has her new releases up. She has the pre-order for um, Delay of Game that's coming on April 25th. So make sure you check that one out. Her newest one just came out, Running Interference. That's the one that's the enemies to lovers. And it's a hockey romance. So it sounds great. 
And all of it will be in the show notes. I've already yes. got it all set up to go. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's all in there. Make sure you check that out. And I think that's it. Let's get in all the right. second half. Send them in. See you guys on the other side. Chapter 4. July 4th. Phoenix. After a few days of practicing in the club chase stage, I know I'm ready. I have a feel for the atmosphere and the clientele and what kind of music they enjoy. I've had time to prepare my set according to what seems to go over well. Ten of us minor acts are performing before the main headliner starts, and we've each been given a three-song limit. As I listen to the act before me, I shift from one leg to the other, trying to work out my jitters and nervousness. He's done two songs already and is in the middle of his final song. I tap the surface of my guitar to the beat as I wait. It helps to focus and steady me. It's not the stage or the number of people in front of it that makes me nervous. It's the waiting. The constant waiting that sends my mind into overdrive. I get lost in my thoughts, then hear the crowd erupt with cheers and whistles. From stage right and between the curtains, I watch the guy lift his guitar in the air as a salute before running off the stage. He comes over looking pumped. Whoop, that was such a rush, man. Have fun out there. He gives me a smile and a high five as I hear the stage manager at my shoulder. You're on. Please welcome to the stage, Phoenix Stone, shouts the announcer. Taking a deep breath, I plaster on a smile and step out onto the stage. It's huge, with hundreds of people standing in front of it. Rows and rows of people cheering, celebrating, all waiting for me to start. My brain clears as my fingers touch the strings of my guitar. Everything and everyone around me evaporate. I imagine I'm alone with Elora and am singing only to her. When I strum the final chord of my last song, the crowd goes wild with the type of cheering I've never heard from me before. It's so loud. Their happiness and excitement fill the air and reverberate inside my chest. The guy before me was right. It's such a rush and I never want to leave this stage. I lift my hand and wave at the crowd, leaning into the microphone. Thank you all, you've been fantastic. As I make my way off stage, my face hurts from smiling so widely. I accept the congratulations and high fives from the other acts, but all I want to do is call Elora and tell her about everything. As I grab my duffel bag to take out my phone, the club owner, Fred Hickory, taps me on the shoulder. Phoenix, that was sure some performance, young man. I'm so happy we ran into your online content and were able to bring you onto the show. Thank you, sir, I say, grabbing his outstretched hand in a firm handshake. Listen, there's someone I'd like to introduce you to. I think he'd be able to open a lot of doors for you in the music industry. He starts walking and motions for me to follow. Leaving my duffel bag behind with my phone still in hand, I follow him. He leads us towards a bald, middle-aged, stocky man who's got more assistance around him than anybody should know what to do with. Hey, Fred! The balding man yells with a smile on his face. Hey, old friend! Fred shouts back, then with a gentle shove, he pushes me forward. I brought you a new talent, Mike. You won't be disappointed with this kid. Then he turns to me and says, Mike here is a music promoter. Huh, Mike says, looking me up and down. Wait a second, I just heard you play, didn't I? He rubs his chin. Yes, sir, my set just ended, I respond. You know, many artists work for years to convey that much emotion to their audience. You seem to do it naturally. Mike looks over at Fred before moving his gaze back to me again. Fred here knows real talent when he sees it, and I trust his judgment. 
What do you say you and I talk a little bit more? I try to contain my excitement, but my nod comes faster than I care for, making both men chuckle. Come on, kid, says Mike as he pulls me into a quiet corner of the bar. All right, Phoenix, here's the deal. Casual Friday Failures is going to tour in Europe in a few days, and they've just decided to bring a second opening act. I was here to scope out the talent to see if we can bring anyone from the show with us. What do you say? He lays it all out for me in a single breath. I like that he's no bullshit and gets straight to the point. And, wow, I'm nearly speechless. I'd be traveling with a world-famous rock band and opening for them on their European tour. I can barely believe it. Mike, uh, sir, I mean, this is my dream coming true. I, I can't say no to an opportunity like this. When does the tour start? a boy, he smiles widely. We fly out to New York City tomorrow afternoon. That's where staging and rehearsals have been happening. We're going to have to work you hard and fast to sort out your set, staging, lighting, sound, costumes, the works. All of that in just a few days. There will be little time to even sleep. Then it's on to Europe right after. So if you've got people to say goodbye to, do it now. Wow, that's fast. But I'll get myself sorted. I'm very excited for this chance. I thrust my hand out to shake his, sealing our deal and my future. One more thing, kid. The label will be taking over all your current promotional and social media. It's standard practice. We want to make sure you don't post anything you shouldn't, and that you're not being harassed by fans. We'll have our social media manager run a steady feed of you on stage, he says. I nod my agreement as I internally freak out. Holy shit, this is really happening. I take my phone out of my pocket to call Elora and share this with her. She's the only one who really matters. I'm lifting my phone to my ear when an overly zealous and drunk guy crashes into me from behind. It's like watching a slow-motion movie scene after that. I lose my grip on the phone, and it flips through the air, flies quickly out of reach, arcs towards the ground, and crash lands on the cement floor, before getting stepped on by that very same drunken idiot. Rushing over and snatching it up, I'm horrified to see the screen and outer case both smashed in a spiderweb of cracks. Trying to unlock it, I realize that it's gone black and won't turn back on. My insides drop with the realization that I don't have Elora's number saved anywhere else but in this phone. Chapter 5 Elora I should have known it was all too good to be true. It's been a month since Phoenix left for Los Angeles, and he hasn't once contacted me. Every day since he left, I've watched my phone, hoping the screen will light up with his name. I've tried reaching out to him in every way I can think of. I've texted, called, left voice messages, even went to post on his social media, only to find it all taken down. He hasn't responded to any of it. I'm heartbroken and worn out from all the crying I've done. Now it's a scorching August day, the air is thick and heavy, with very little wind to help relieve the oppressive and stagnant nature of it. I just served my last customer of the afternoon and am more than ready to go home. I've had a headache all day and have been feeling awful lately, which, given my emotional state, all my crying and sleepless nights make sense. I clock out and wave to my coworkers on my way out of Rise and Grind, deciding to try and burn off some of my agitated energy by going for a short walk around the campus and hopefully clear my head. I don't want to get home and just stew, or worse yet, cry. 
I don't need to add more tears to the ocean of them I've let out already. I start walking along a path leading away from the building. It's not long and I haven't made it very far before my headache starts to pound. My stomach begins an impressive imitation of a washing machine, agitating and turning, dead set on battering its contents in a bid to release all unwanted substances. I sit down on the nearest bench, trying to take a deep breath to calm my racing heart and growing nausea. Moaning and doubled over in pain, I rub my stomach. Please, 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 just don't throw up here, I beg myself. The longer I'm here, the worse it gets, as every little thing seems to set it off. A girl walks by, a cloud of perfume following in her wake. One whiff, and it's the last straw. I rush to the nearest bush, barely getting bent over before being racked with full-body heaving that empties my insides. Oh, God! I pant as I search for a napkin in my purse but come up empty. Then, as if by a miracle or divine intervention, Liza and Jamie walk around the corner. The moment their eyes land on me, they rush over. Oh, my God, are you okay? What happened? Asked Jamie with a worried edge to her voice. Ugh, I just threw up. I think I'm getting sick. I've been stressed out and not taking care of myself the way I should. I've been feeling drained and a little off lately. I say in between coughs. Are you sure you're only getting sick and not pregnant? Liza chimes in. I mean, I don't have any first-hand experience, but I've heard people feel off or like they're getting sick. Then the nausea kicks in. Shaking my head, I deny it. It can't be. I get the shot regularly, but... Then I remember last month I got the shot a couple of weeks late because of some scheduling error at my doctor's office. Then to that night with Phoenix. As the realization dawns on me, my hands fly to my face, covering my mouth as my eyelids open wider in shock. Oh my god, I need to buy a test. Shit, 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 I keep repeating to myself. Let's go, says Jamie, linking her arm with one of mine, while Liza runs her hand across my shoulders in a comforting gesture before linking her arm with mine on the other side. I gain strength from them, and we walk to the campus pharmacy. Inside, we find the pregnancy tests placed right next to the condoms. The irony isn't lost on me and would probably make me giggle if I wasn't so stressed right now. I grab one off the shelf, quickly pay, and seek out the in-store bathroom. After I set it working, I slip it back into the box, too afraid to look on my own. I go outside, glad to see the girls waiting for me. All right, it's done, but I haven't looked at the result yet. I breathe out, nervous energy filling me. Jamie opens her palm, waiting for me to hand it to her. She's intuitive for being so young. My hand trembles as I put it in her palm. Tipping it out of the box, all three of us lean in to see it better. One line means negative, two lines means positive. Very distinct, double lines look me dead in the face. As I rub my temples to try and release the building tension, Jamie breaks the silence. Is it Phoenix's? Yes, and he's been MIA since he left for Los Angeles. Chapter 6 End of February Elora it's been seven months since I learned I'm pregnant, and my TV and I have become the best of friends. It's not like there is much to do socially on a campus that doesn't involve alcohol. I've also traded in my mini skirts and tank tops for sweatpants and oversized t-shirts. 
comfort and ease have become a necessity in my life. Coming back to my dorm room for my shift at work, the first thing I do is take off my annoying maternity pants and pull on my cozy stretch pajama ones. Next, it's the barista t-shirt and the bra hitting the hamper, replaced by a roomy t-shirt and my robe. I settle down on my bed, glad to put my feet up, and grab the remote from my side table. When I flick the TV to life, Entertainment Weekly is on. I'm usually not much for paying attention to celebrity news and start to point the remote when I'm halted by shock. A new topic just started, and there on the screen is a full-screen photo of Phoenix slamming on his guitar, rocking out on some stage in Madrid. What in the actual fuck? He's in Europe? I'm transfixed by the sight, my heart thumping hard in my chest. I just can't look away. The hosts are now going on about him touring across Europe with casual Friday failures as one of their opening acts. They're gushing about his talent and ability to bring the crowd to life, revving them up for the headliners night after night for the past eight months. Holy shit! I can't contain myself anymore and scream into my pillow. Ugh! This is the first bit of information I've had in months. Immediately grabbing my phone, I start researching. The music label lists the tour info online, including the company organizing the tour. From there, I'm able to find out the contact info for the tour rep. I'm about to call it, but hesitate a moment to take a deep breath. Armed with the number, I don't wait any longer before dialing it. The line rings twice before someone answers. Yes? Uh, um, hello, I stutter. The person on the other side repeats himself. Yes? Hi, yeah, okay, I need to get a hold of Phoenix Stone. I've heard he's been touring with Casual Friday Failures and was told this number was the best option to get in contact with him. I blurt out all in one breath. Okay, sweetheart, firstly, I need to know who's calling. Secondly, what do you want with Phoenix? He's very curt, and the condescending tone of his voice sets my anxiety on high. My name is Elora, and I really need to speak to him about a personal matter. Yep, everyone wants to speak to him regarding a personal matter. What exactly is it you need from him? He asks curtly, sighing. Listen, I... I need to let him know that I'm pregnant with his baby. This guy has the audacity to howl with laughter on his end. <laughs> Listen, Eleanor, I'm sure you're a sweet girl and all, but we don't just hand out our client's digits to some random girl claiming to be having a rock star's baby. Come on, what do you take me for, an idiot? <laughs> Not a chance. I don't care who you are. Phoenix isn't interested in a chick who just wants their ten minutes of fame and some cash. I'm about to interrupt when he says, Besides, Phoenix has access to all kinds of girls over here. Hot European ass that's willing to do anything a rock star ass. He's not going to concern himself with whoever you are. Without giving me a chance to respond, he hangs up the phone. Despair fills me as I pull the phone away from my ear. I can only stare at it in stunned silence. My heart not only feels like it's shattered and broken beyond all possibility of repair, but it's simultaneously racing and beating so hard it could burst out of my chest. All at once, I know how silly I've been to hold on to the tiny shred of hope I had left. I kept it safely hidden and tucked away inside my heart, too scared to pull it out and look at it, for fear it too would disappear in the wind. <laughs> what an idiot I was, to get excited at finally knowing anything about Phoenix's whereabouts. I didn't stop to consider that he's a big rock star now, 
that his life is filled with amazing places, new experiences, delicious foods, and the people, all the hot European ass. Tears run down my face. How could I ever compare to any of that? I'm just some girl he dated for a little while. An ordinary girl from an ordinary place who works in a university coffee shop thousands of miles away. How could I ever compare to him living out his dream of making it big? My grief overtakes me and I curl up, lying on my side as I let go and sob. I cry out all the sorrow, pain, anger. I'm awash in a flurry of emotions. I'm not sure how long I cried. Judging by the soaked pillow under my head, I'd say a while. I'm starting to calm down, enough so that I'm able to take some calming breaths. I'm just lying still and breathing when a sharp pain rips through my insides. Grabbing my belly, I curl around it and pant my way through the pain until it eases. No. No, no, no. This is not happening now. There are still three weeks until my due date. It's not supposed to be this early. But like everything else in my life, nothing goes according to plan, and this baby is coming now. Chapter 7 Mid-March Phoenix Sitting on the plane between Jack and Angelica, the two lead singers of Casual Friday Failures, I lean my head back and close my eyes. I can't believe I've been touring Europe with them for almost a year. I've seen so many places, gotten to eat such good food and made some great friends. But most importantly, these people gave me a chance to play my music and share it with the world. They've helped me make a name for myself, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. What a wild ride. I sigh and open my eyes to see both Jack and Angelica smile at me. You killed it, dude. You worked hard every damn night. Your performances were more powerful and more emotional every time you stepped foot on that stage. Your ability to make the audience believe every word you sing is a powerful gift. It's what separates artists into being just good or great, Jack says, while Angelica nods her agreement. A smile grows in my face. You know, there's this girl that works at a coffee shop I used to perform at once in a while. She and I were just starting to date when I got called out to perform in L.A. From that first show to this last one, every night on that stage, I've blocked out the crowd and imagined I was singing just for her. I shrug, having laid out my heart. Angelica laughs, which is not the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> that explains so much. Ten months we've been on the road. Ten months, and in all that time, not once have you even looked at any of the girls we've sent your way. She nods to herself, then mumbles. For a while, I thought that girls weren't your preference, but then none of the guys I sent to chat you up seemed to have any better luck either. She lets out a snort of a laugh. <laughs> Damn, I sent you over some awesome folks, some I wouldn't have minded keeping for myself, had I only known our phoenix's heart was already taken. I chuckle, just a little embarrassed. Yeah, her name is Elora. She's had it since the day I met her, and I never got it back. Not that I'd want it back, though. As Jack starts to nod off, Angelica rubs my arm in encouragement. Please tell me you're going back to the coffee shop to get your girl, right? I give her a look as if saying, do you even have to ask? The moment we touch down. Good man, she says, smiling at me. Her eyes roam over to Jack as he lets out a snore, and she inhales deeply. I think she feels more for Jack than she lets on. With thoughts of Elora in my mind, 
I close my eyes and try to get some rest. It won't be long now. I've been home for just over an hour now. After getting in the door, I dump my bags and headed straight for the shower. I need the water to help wash away the remnants of the flight and the tiredness from ten hours spent traveling in the air from Amsterdam. That first hit of the hot water on my back feels so good. I quickly wash my hair and start to scrub my skin, too. I don't plan on anything other than getting clean, but my body has other ideas. I guess the last ten months of twice-daily showers, each time thinking of Elora while I stroked my length and remember the feeling of her body taking me in, of her surrounding me and keeping me fully seated inside her, of the hours spent buried deep with us making each other come over and over again, never once pulling out or leaving her body until both movies were finished and the parking lot had emptied. I stroke myself hard for her, always for her. I imagine her hands on me, playing and exploring, her touching me any way that she wants, me willingly doing anything she asks of me. I touch her, fuck her, love her any way that she wants it, giving her orgasm after orgasm without any thought of my own until she begs to feel my cum inside her. That thought tips me over the edge and into oblivion. I brace my arm and head against the wall as I continue to stroke myself through my orgasm. My cock sprays the tiles with rope after rope of cum. I can feel my balls draining like they're desperate to fill her up, only she isn't really here. Not now, at least. I rinse off the wall and myself before shutting the shower off. I could have stayed under the water all day, but the urge to see her is stronger than anything, so I hurry to dry off and throw on some clothes and a ball cap before grabbing my truck keys on the way out the door. For a mid-March day, the weather is surprisingly warm. The sun is shining bright, and the warmth of the rays on my skin is comforting. Right now, I need all the comfort I can get. I've been scared to come back to Rise and Grind. I called them at the beginning of the tour, trying to get Elora's number, but they told me they can't give out employee numbers. So I gave them my new number instead, hoping she'd call, but she never did. And since the label took over my social media, I wasn't able to reach her from there either. The ache of rejection has been blindingly painful. I tried to move on to put her out of my mind, but I just can't stop thinking about her. No one else has ever measured up to her, and I don't think anyone can. These thoughts run through my head on the way over. I know this is a long shot, but I have to try. Part of me is terrified of what I'll find, that she's with someone else, that she's blissfully happy with them, and that I didn't matter to her at all. That what we had was just a figment of my imagination. I pull into a parking spot, and inhaling sharply, I leave my truck. I square my shoulders before taking a few steps towards the coffee shop. I don't have to look inside to know she's here. I just know it. The pull towards her is like gravity. I can almost feel her. My heart starts to speed up, and my lips pull at the corners in a smile. An electric jolt goes through me with the anticipation of seeing her again. Rounding the building, I'm nearing the door when I'm able to see through the floor-to-ceiling windows. There she is. I spot her immediately, but not where I expect. She isn't behind the counter, but instead she's sitting at a table sipping from a takeaway cup. She's got a jean jacket on with black leggings and ballet flats. Her hair is braided to one side, falling over her shoulder. She looks mesmerizing in her simple beauty. I watch her movements as she grabs the cup, takes a sip, and puts the cup back down. 
She's graceful in the simplest of tasks. Then she turns next to her and touches the baby in the stroller. I didn't think it was hers since the stroller is nestled between two tables. My fears are confirmed when she takes the pink-clad bundle out and holds her, cradling the baby in her arms and cooing down at her lovingly. So that's it then. She's moved on. I've lost the only person I ever really loved. I feel defeated and deflated and hang my head. I turn to leave and am only a few steps away when I hear it. Hey, wait! Comes the sweetest voice from behind me, full of urgency and panic. I slowly turn. Elora, I say in barely more than a whisper. Phoenix. She breathes out my name like it's a prayer. You're here. Yeah, uh, I am. I came to see you. I just landed this morning. I had to shower and change first since I didn't want to smell bad. But other than that, I managed to get out, still struggling with the knowledge that she's moved on. Pointing to the baby, I say, Um, I guess congratulations are in order. She smiles, lovingly looking at the pink bundle of joy. This is my daughter. I can't deny how cute the baby is, so I tell her the truth. She's beautiful. She looks just like you. Then I shake my head in defeat. While chasing after my dreams, I lost the girl I love. I hope you and the father are doing well and are happy, I say, turning to leave. But her sweet voice stops me once more. Aren't you going to ask her name? It's Rowan, Rowan Warrington Stone. My heart skips a beat before speeding up again. My eyebrows lift in shock. You, you mean, you mean she's mine? I manage to put words together. Unshed tears fill her eyes as she nods and walks up to me. I've tried to get a hold of you in so many ways since you left. I called, left messages, texted. I tried to tell you, to let you know you were going to be a father. I managed to track your tour rep down too, but he just thought I was only after you for money or fame by creating a scandal. Then he said that you were having fun with hot European ass, willing to do anything a rock star ass, then hung up on me. First, I pull her to me, being careful with our daughter in her arms. I hold her and inhale her scent, breathing her into me again. Then I put her at arm's length. Wait, you tried calling me? I, I didn't know. My phone broke in L.A. and I couldn't get a replacement until I was in Europe. Since they have different service providers there, I was given a new number. I tried calling the coffee shop to reach you, but even when I left my new number, I didn't hear back. They never gave me the message, she says, shaking her head. But it doesn't matter anymore. You're a famous rock star now. You can have anyone you want. You're right. It doesn't matter. But not for the reason you think, Elora. I love you and only you. I haven't stopped thinking of you for even a minute. Every night I was up on that stage, I was only singing to you. You were in my mind when I went to bed, during every blissful dream of making love to you, and every nightmare imagining a life without you. You were in my head still when I woke every morning. You are quite literally everything to me. Although I'm rapidly expanding on that idea, given that I have a daughter, I'm thrilled to add into that definition. I look deeply into her eyes, trying to convey my emotions. I need her to understand how much she means to me. I'm also desperate to know how she feels about all this. She has been through so much all on her own. I can't help but feel that I've let her down by not being here when she needed me most. 
Her free arm wraps around me. I love you too, Phoenix. Sweetheart, it's always been you. Right from the moment I first saw you. No one I've met before then or any day since has ever compared to you and no one ever will. I will only ever want you. You and the family we make together. I say as I wipe the tears away from her face. I know I've missed so much and I can't change that now. But I promise that I'll make it up to you. From now on, where you are is where I need to be. If I have to travel, I won't go unless we go as a family. I can't stand being away from you again. All she can do is smile and nod her agreement before pressing her side closer into my body. More tears trail down her face. I hold her to me with one arm and cup her beautiful face in my other hand. Bringing our lips together, I kiss her deeply, reuniting us and sealing our fates. The End This has been Breaking the Beat by Kata Ray. Read for you by Jarman Day. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. I am so excited. This, thank you, Kateri, so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Um, we loved your books, loved all your stuff. So definitely come back and hang out with us again. Ne up next week, it's Alexa Riley, bitches. Is it? It is. We have Charmed. If for St. Patrick's Day, it's like great timing. You had sent um, me a couple of books last year, mm -hmm. towards the end of last year. And you were like, I think these would be great to be on the podcast. And I was like, great. And I just immediately <laughs> sent them in for audios. I was like, fuck it, I here. So oh. this was one that we were like, oh, this is perfect for St. Patrick's Day. Let's throw it in. So yeah, so that's what's coming up next week. It's going to be great. We'll, we'll just get And you can't and even get, get the ebook right now. I pulled it, bitches. <laughs> really yeah i pulled it oh my god i love it i put it back up but i pulled it i think whenever i sent it to you i was like i'm gonna go ahead and pull this down mm -hmm. so either people forget about it or haven't read it so it feels more new feels new it's like something <laughs> fun and new <laughs> awesome all right, all right. Well, we'll see you then tell them what to do fuck your day up make sure your bitch don't be a dick bye guys bye Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind, and read me romance, read, read me romance.